Welcome to the Evolve and Elevate podcast. My name's Samantha, and I'm here to help you ladies stop repeating the same behaviors and learn how to build the habits you need to finally lose the weight for good and uncover your badass self. If you feel stuck and overwhelmed with all the information out there, I'm gonna be dropping five specific episodes a week to help you gain the clarity you need in order to rebuild that confidence, get strong, and heal your relationship with food so you can finally build the body of your dreams. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the Evolve and Elevate podcast. Today we're talking about what are some foods you eat that cause belly fat and some other fitness myths that are definitely bullshit, okay? And as we're doing this live stream today, if you're on TikTok, if you're on Facebook, if you're on Instagram, make sure that you're commenting down below with some of your other favorite myths and I'll make sure to go over those as well, okay? So the first one we're gonna talk about today, guys, is basically like can or like do certain foods cause belly fat or like what do you eat in terms of like food in order to get rid of belly fat. And so the first things first is like, there's no way to spot reduce. So if you guys are trying to like, you know, tone the back of your arms or tone your belly or tone the back of your thighs, there's no way to do that. And honestly, anyone who's promising you that you can is either full of shit or they're a liposuction company because liposuction, yeah, you can like suck the fat out of your stomach. You can suck the fat out of the back of your legs. But other than that, ladies, like there's nothing really that can like spot reduce in those areas. And so the thing is, is like you guys are chasing all of these quick fixes when really you're just wasting time. Like I wasted so much time trying to like spot reduce certain areas, focusing on toning certain areas. Like I promise you, you're wasting time. And so the thing is, is that once you focus on totally losing body fat, totally being in a deficit, totally focusing on strength training, you're going to find that the results that you're looking for is in that process, okay? So starting off in terms of like belly fat, there's not certain foods that cause you to lose weight. Like there just really isn't. And if they do, it's literally, these are the ingredients pretty much always, ready? So we've got caffeine, which is kind of funny because normally when people take caffeine supplements, they say that like they don't drink as much coffee, but then you read the back of it and it's covered in caffeine. And they're like, I have so much energy. I'm so motivated to work out. No shit. You're drinking like the equivalent of a large coffee. Like no shit, right? The second thing that we have is, okay, so normally it's like geisha or geisha kombucha. I always say that word wrong, but you guys will know what I'm talking about on the back of the containers. Sometimes if you're in the States, you'll see Yohimbi, which is like, I'm pretty sure that's a testosterone booster. So like ladies, I don't know if I'd be fucking with that. Just a thought. And then there's also like things like you'll have, what's the other one? It's like raspberry ketones, or you'll have like those other things that are in fat burners. And ladies, basically a fat burner is literally caffeine. And then, yeah, that's pretty much it. Caffeine and like some herbs, like that's pretty much it. And the thing is, is like, if you guys aren't eating enough food, it doesn't really matter what you're doing anyways. Most of you ladies are eating anywhere between a thousand to 1200 calories. Why are you adding extra caffeine and like all these other like stimulants? It doesn't make any sense. Like it doesn't make any sense because you're not even eating, you know, like enough food consistently to even know what you're doing right or wrong. So now you're just throwing things at the wall. Like it doesn't work. So there's no way to spot reduce is where I'm going to get back to because I'm starting to get into fat burners and it's going to get complicated and I don't want to make it complicated. I want to make sure that this is very easy to understand so that you guys are like, okay, I don't have to do this. I can do this instead. But with like, with belly fat, it's like, it's an area that you want to reduce. And like, you can do crunches, you can do planks, you can do all these things. But if you're not eating properly, and by properly, I don't mean the healthiest food in the entire world. But I mean like eating enough food in terms of like consistently, like a lot of you guys eat like 1200 calories, but then because you're so hungry during the week or like you don't really like you have a certain routine during the week, 
Then on the weekend, you end up eating like 3000 calories. You're just always consistently a little bit over your weekly expenditure. So it's not the matter of the fact that like you're not eating healthy throughout the week. You're like, I eat healthy five days out of seven. Like, why aren't I seeing progress? It's because on Saturday and Sunday, one, you're not tracking because you don't want to see what you ate because you feel bad about it. And two, you're eating literally double your calories. And so because of that, you're actually kicking yourself out of a deficit, right? So we need to be mindful of that. Or what you're doing is snacking at night every single day after you've already eaten about 1300 calories. And then you guys are eating like 24, 2700 calories. But because your calories are all over the place, when you go to step on the scale, your weight is all over the place. And so you're never seeing that consistent progress. And so the first thing, guys, when you're looking at belly fat, when you're looking at like trying to tone certain areas, the biggest thing you can do is one, being a deficit. So you're consistently losing overall like fat mass. And then two, focusing on resistance training because that's going to speed up your metabolism. That's going to speed up. Like when you put on more muscle, you are going to be eating more food. Now, the thing is, is that like with muscle mass, it's not going to be like this ridiculous amount of food that you get to eat extra, but it is going to help just kind of keep the furnace burning throughout the day. So when you guys are constantly doing cardio and you're doing all these things, the amount of people, especially if you're like a little bit, I find like people who are just getting into fitness fall into this a lot. You do like glute bridges, you'll do crunches, you'll do tricep extensions. And then like, that's it. Like you'll like head out for the day and you do like these little, you know, isolation exercises and then call it a day for a workout. And because you're chasing the soreness. But the thing is, is that like, I want to tone my arms. So I've got to do tricep extensions. I want to tone my stomach. So I'm going to do planks and crunches. I want to tone my legs, so I'm going to do squats. But the thing is, is like you're on the right track. But the problem is, is that because you're trying to focus on specific areas, you're getting a little bit out of hand in terms of like the exercises that you're actually doing. Because like when you're doing isolation exercises, those are great, but they also aren't going to help you build that muscle mass, that density that you need in order to maintain a leaner physique. So I've kind of gone all over the place with this because there's a lot to unpack here. Because like, guys, it's not just one area. When you overall put on more muscle mass, you're going to burn more calories at rest and also throughout the day, right? Like me sitting here, especially because I like work out pretty much every day, me sitting here is going to burn more calories than someone sitting here who doesn't work out consistently. So the thing is, is like muscle mass, every time you move your arm, every time you move your neck, every time you move your leg, like your muscle is moving with you. And it's also like, it's, being used in order to perform that movement, right? Whereas when you have belly fat or when you have back fat or when you have excess fat anywhere, it's like a backpack that you're carrying around with you. So the thing is, is like, it's not burning a shit ton of calories and it's kind of just hanging out. So the thing is, is like, in order to get rid of that, we need to make sure that we're focusing on building that muscle mass up and also eating consistently. Most of you ladies aren't eating enough to actually even start talking about fat burners. Start talking about extra cardio. Start talking about all these things. So before you start trying to spot reduce, let's get the foundations down first before we jump into all these other techniques. Like you're following like Miss Olympia, but meanwhile, like y'all haven't gotten off the couch for like a week or two. You see what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm just saying like you need to have some perspective with who you're following and the advice you're taking. That's all, okay? So I hope that helps. But the biggest things, I'll give you guys three actionable steps in case you're like, where the fuck are you going with this? Is one... So for belly fat guys, you want to lift resistance training wise. You want to make sure that you're lifting weights. Reason being, you're going to put on more muscle mass. If you're focusing on compound lifts, like squats, like lunges, like pushups, like rows, those are going to help overall build up your muscle mass. But also they require, because they're heavier, you need to stabilize your core while you're performing those lifts. So what that's going to do for you is basically you're going to make sure that like 
yes, you're lifting heavier for your arms, for your legs, all these kind of things. But because your core has to stabilize, you're going to find that you also maintain a leaner core. Okay. Honestly, the biggest thing and the best thing that I did to create like a tight waist was lifting heavier and with intensity, proper intensity, making sure that I also added in some extra ab exercises and then made sure that I was focused on my food and my protein intake and things like that. People who do have a higher protein intake tend to remain leaner, guys. It's one of those things that it's like, if you do want to remain leaner, you need to get your protein in. And a lot of you guys aren't training really with intensity and you're not increasing your protein. So the thing is, is like, those are the two places that I would start and then go from there. Okay. The next one that we're going to talk about is bad food equals cellulite. Okay. So when you guys have bad food equals cellulite. So if you don't have like the best diet, you're like, oh my God, I eat McDonald's three times a week. Like, am I going to gain cellulite? So truthfully, cellulite is one of those things that is actually genetic. It's partially genetic. Women are also more likely to have cellulite on like their thighs and like things like that. It's way more prevalent. Also, because we do need to have a higher body fat percentage in order to have kids and things like that. It's just like a survival tool, essentially, in case you get pregnant, there's extra food for the baby, all that kind of fun stuff. Okay. So we are more likely to have higher like rates of cellulite and things like that. Now, just because you eat certain foods does not mean that you're going to gain cellulite. Okay. It's not really how that goes. It's more like cellulite is more like how the fat is stored within the cell. And it's almost like it's created in like these little like pockets, so to speak. Okay. And so obviously like if you have a diet that is high in fats, high in carbs, low in protein, and you're overeating every single day or every single week, you are naturally going to have more body fat because you're over consuming all the time. So that being said, if you're like predisposed, that's the word I was trying to go for, but I still can't say it. If you are like more inclined to have higher rates of cellulite, or if that is something that you tend to have more of, or your family does or whatever, and then you're also overeating, you're going to find that you do have higher cellulite. That's just how it goes, right? Now, how to get rid of it. Same thing as before. You're just losing weight, right? Losing weight, gaining muscle, losing weight. When you do gain muscle, you are going to notice that you have, it's tighter. It's a lot more defined. It's a lot more shapely. It's a lot more tight. It's a lot more toned, right? Tone guys, tone muscle and muscle are the same shit. Literally building muscle and toning muscle is the same thing. It's not two different things. Like being toned is basically saying that you would like to build muscle. That's what you're saying. And I get it's like, you don't want to be like super bulky, but realistically, ladies, like I've been training for a really long time. I'm still not bulky. Like I'm really still not bulky. I hit my protein every single day. I work out five days a week. And I would say like, maybe now I am just getting bulky, but not even like, honestly, it takes a long time. And some women do put on muscle really quick. And I totally understand that. But it's also understanding your body type and things like that. And just making sure that you're basically like, I honestly would just say work with a coach if you don't want to put on a shit ton of muscle and you're someone who puts on muscle a lot, then they can kind of help you with that. But it really just depends on what you're trying to do. Cellulite wise though, guys, it's the same thing across the board. And you're going to notice that there's not really a, a lot of like amazing tricks that I have for you today, but I have a lot of like different topics that we do need to go through because I was like, holy shit, I can't believe this is still a thing. So cellulite guys, yes, if you're eating like high fat, high carb, high sugar foods all the time, and you're always like overeating, even if you ate protein and you overate all the time, you're still going to find that you might store it in certain areas a little bit more than others. It's just how it goes. It's just based on the person. So yes, there's ways to get rid of it, lose weight, build muscle, same thing, different day. And realistically, if you know that you have cellulite also managing your weight so that you're, you're not increasing the amount of cellulite is going to be a big thing for you also. Okay. Can water literally flush out bad stuff in your system and help you lose weight? 150 fucking percent. Okay. 100%. Ladies, if there's one thing that you guys need to do more of, 
is eating more protein and drinking a shit ton more water. Ladies do not eat or drink enough water by any means. Like the amount of water that a lot of ladies drink is like nothing. Guys, you are literally primarily made out of like water. Like most of our body is water. And so a lot of you also have low back pain. You have neck pain. You have joint pain. You have knee pain. If you guys have those kinds of pain and you are not drinking water, you are doing yourself a disservice. When you look at your spine, the discs in between your vertebrae are literally squishy pads. They're literally squishy pads. And guess what they're filled with? Also water. So the thing is, is like, if you guys have like a history of, you know, you have actually, I don't even want to say history of degenerative disc disease and joint disease, because realistically, like guys, part of gravity, like sitting down all the time, what do you think is pushing down on you? Right? Like there's going to be compression. In my personal opinion, it's like wear and tear on a car. There's going to be some kind of compression as you get older. A lot of us don't want to accept that it's going to be like 23, 24 years old, but like, we also don't exactly like take care of our bodies. Like we go on roller coasters, we fall down hills, we end up getting hit by cars, like all this kind of shit happens, right? And so the thing is, is like, even if you just like sit around a lot or you have a very sedentary lifestyle, or maybe you just have terrible posture, like you're always twisting and turning and sitting weird in cars, like that's going to play a factor, right? So you just want to be mindful of that also. Also, if like you've never done strength training and things like that, just be mindful also in terms of your joints, because that's also going to play a factor, especially like with your your knees and your hips and your low back, like guys, your glutes have a certain role and responsibility in the way that your joints are feeling also like certain muscles need to be worked. Like when you find that you actually have glute engagement and glute strength, when you find you have core strength, you're going to notice that you have a lot more less joint pain in certain areas, like your knees, your hips, your ankles, things like that. So going back to water guys, because this also matters, like water is really going to be one, one of the best things that helps with some of your joint pain. Like if you guys have ever been hung over and you have joint pain, you know how bad that feels? Like your neck and your back literally kill because you're like, oh my God, I'm so dehydrated. That's literally what it is. Obviously there's like toxins. I don't want to say like toxins, but like alcohol is a toxin. So alcohol in your body, but you still want to be mindful of that. Okay. Cause that's another thing. But yeah, like water is literally going to flush things out of your system, guys. Like your body has a natural detoxification system. You have your kidneys, you have your liver, you have your bladder, you have like all these like different areas in your body that are designed to get things out of your body. When you drink alcohol, it's you literally get rid of it through your sweat. You get rid of it through your breath. You get rid of it through your pee, through your poop, literally everything. So the thing is, is like, if you're worried about like your detox or you're like, oh my God, I'm so like, I need to do a detox. It's most likely because you feel like you're full of shit because literally you're not going to the bathroom. If you're not going to the bathroom and your gut's a mess, you're gonna find that like your brain fog is really bad. You're gonna find that you're moody, that you're irritable that like those kind of like negative thoughts in my personal opinion just kind of keep coming. This isn't like, I'm not going to lie, like it's literally ridiculous in terms of like what you can experience when your gut is a mess. And so also when you go to work out, you're going to find your core and you're like, I find like when my gut's a mess, my core really doesn't engage. I find that like I have a hard time getting through my workout. My energy's low. I have a hard time sleeping. My anxiety's through the roof, all these kind of things. You know what I mean? So you really want to focus on making sure that your gut health is in a good spot. And if you feel like you need a detox, it's most likely because you're literally filled with poop, you're constipated, or you're not going to the bathroom as much as you should be, which is literally guys twice a day, like once to twice a day for sure. And like, you really should do that. And if you're not doing that, it's like increasing your fiber, drinking more water, because that's also something that helps your colon. Like water is going to help your colon kind of process everything and like get rid of everything. And the way that it contracts and the way that it like actually pushes things through, like you really need to make sure that you're drinking water. So 
the thing is, is like, yes, that's exactly what you need. It's not a detox. It's actually, you need to drink more water. That I should cut out an entire food group or only eat low fat items. 100%. If anything's telling you to cut out a full food group, guys, the majority of us is not going to, is not going to happen. It's really not going to happen. Like, you know, if you have to, for health reasons, like some people have to go like plant-based for health reasons. You know, there's tons of people online that are like, I have to be a carnivore for like health reasons. Like, I'm not going to get into that. Like do whatever you have to do. And that's the case. But the thing is, is like, if you ladies are finding that, like, you know, I want to try keto, what is the reason being like, is it because you just want to lose weight? Because the thing is, is like, guys, anyone can do something for 30 days. Anyone can do something for like 14 days. I don't find that impressive. Anyone can lose weight. Can you keep it off? Right? Oh, I lost 45 pounds. Awesome. How much did you keep off? Right? Like how much did you keep off? That's what I care about because like 95% of people are going to lose weight and then they're going to keep it back. So the thing is, is like, just be mindful of like what you're focusing on because a lot of things will promise you fast fat loss, but will it promise you that it will keep it off? And so the thing is, is like, obviously I don't think you can like really promise someone that for sure it'll be off forever because it really is in their ballpark after a certain point. But the thing is, is like, you can still equip them with habits and tools in order for them to make those choices. And so realistically, guys, like if you're finding that, you know, you're going to try a diet or something like, you know, like ideal protein where it's like you can't even work out because you're just drinking protein shakes. Like you can't, you literally, they tell you not to work out or when they have, what's the other one? Oh my God. Yeah, I guess keto, right? Where it's like, oh, you can only eat fats and like proteins, but like most people aren't even doing the keto diet properly. Like I'm pretty sure it was meant for like epileptic children in the hospital because they found that it really helped her. You know what I mean? So it's just like, be mindful of that. It's like, what is this diet for? Who is it for? And also understanding that like, you don't have to take out a food group and you don't have to have like a specific name of what you're doing in order to lose weight. Like you don't have to be on paleo. You don't have to be on the Mediterranean diet. You don't have to be on keto to lose weight. Like you just have to like change your habits. And so like, you don't need to have a name for what you're doing. It doesn't have to be named. It doesn't have to be like, I'm on a high protein diet. I'm on ideal protein. Like the names sound fancy, but like you don't need a name for how you're eating in order to see progress, okay? Like you can just have like a good mix of everything. And like some days your fats will be higher. Sometimes your carbs will be higher. Sometimes your protein's a little low. But relatively speaking, as long as you're within the calories, you're gonna be laughing, okay? The next one, higher reps to tone. Oh, that's my favorite one. Nope, nope, nope. Okay, higher reps to tone. Ladies, higher reps is for muscular endurance. Muscular endurance know why you do higher reps? Like, sure, I get it. You're going to be doing more reps. That's great. Awesome. Super good cardio burn. Fantastic. However, normally in like a periodization phase, what I personally use those for is to increase your muscular endurance or more of like your cardiovascular system. And the reason being is that if you are lifting super heavy weights, eventually you need to lift heavy, but there's a point where you physically cannot keep up with the weight that you are lifting. So if you're lifting super heavy and then all of a sudden you're like, you're starting to like run out of, you're running out of breath in order to lift the weight. Because like, guys, when you get to like two, 300 pounds of like weightlifting, it gets heavy. Like I'm not exactly a giant person. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm not a 300 pound dude. I'm not a 250 pound dude. Who's like lifting 500, 600 pounds. Like to be frank, I'm like 140 pounds and I normally lift about 250 to 300 pounds when I deadlift. Okay. So that being said, like after like five reps, I'm gassed. I'm like, I'm tired, right? And so the thing is, is like when you guys get there and it doesn't matter what your weight is, I'm just saying in comparison, I'm using a personal example because I don't want to use anyone else's. But like if you're someone who's like even 200 pounds and you're lifting 500 pounds 
I'm just saying like the equivalent, it's going to be very taxing. Okay. And so that being said, when you lift a certain amount of weight, you're also going to find that you get super tired. And like, so the thing is, is like on top of like training in terms of like strength and in terms of muscle gaining, you also want to make sure that you're training your cardiovascular system to be able to actually keep up with the load. So the thing is, is like, as it gets bigger and bigger, like the weights increase as well, whatever you want to call it, you're going to find that you also have to have a higher level of cardiovascular endurance in order to perform the movement. And so the thing is, is that by doing heavier or like lighter weights and things like that, what you're able to do is build up that endurance and still like work through those ranges of motion, but also deload. Because when you're in a strength phase, a lot of the times like near the end, you'll find like your knees kind of hurt, your shoulder kind of starts bugging you, your low back's kind of feeling iffy. It's because you're lifting a super like large amount of weight. And after a while, you do need to deload in order to make sure that like you're just keeping your joints and your tendons safe because you can't just keep going up and up and up and up, right? So basically you deload, maybe you do a, like a cardiovascular kind of program or an endurance phase, a hypertrophy phase, a little bit of both for endurance, and then you build your way back up with strength, okay? And that way your tendons, your ligaments, you know, your joints have enough time to recover and then come back up. So we just want to be mindful of that. So that's what that's for. If you guys want to be toned, build muscle. That's literally it. Eight to 10 rep range, 10 to 12 rep range, start there, go from there. I personally start my clients with 12 to 15 because I find that a lot of them just need practice doing the reps. Practice, 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 practice. 12 to 15 reps to practice. I want you to do as many reps as possible because I want you to get as good as possible as as you can. Then what we're going to do is do 10 to 12 or 8 to 10. And that's going to be for hypertrophy, guys. That's a hypertrophy rep range. That's how you build muscle, okay? And then you have the strength phases, which is normally five to seven, or you can even do six to eight when you're first starting. Six to eight is normally what I would start with. And then you go to five to seven. Honestly, anything lower than five by fives, like five reps of five sets, you do not need to do for at least two years of training. Like you can do it afterwards, but your ligaments and your joints are not going to be happy if you're constantly doing one, two, or three reps all the time. Please do not do that. Save your joints, save your ligaments. Ideally, you're going for those higher rep ranges. And then after about one to two years, when you have a higher level of muscle density, you're able to then complete those reps, okay? Cardio over weights to lose weight? Nope. To tone? Nope. Cardio, yes, per session is going to give you more calories burnt than your resistance training. However, your cardio, every time you do it, is going to become less and less effective. So if you burn 400 calories on day one, By day 20, you are now no longer burning 400 calories because your body's smart. It will get efficient. Okay. So then you always have to keep increasing, whether it's by time or by calories, you have to keep increasing in order to keep up with the demand. So that being said, when you do resistance training, one, it is one of the most versatile ways of training that you can do in terms of getting your result with less injury. So basically like you can do, you know, vertical planes, you can do like functional training. You can do like bodybuilding. You can do split programming. Like there's so many different ways that you can do it. And it's so versatile that it's very unlikely that you're going to be injured. One cardio is very high in terms of injury rate. Guys, running is like one of the worst things you can do for your joints. It really is. I know a lot of you guys like it, but if you do not have enough muscle mass and enough strength and enough engagement and actual like proper like foundations before you start running, you can do a number on your knees, your hips, your ankles, like So many runners have all that kind of those issues, right? On top of that, we have low calories, low protein. So we're also not engaging or like we're not also keeping up with our muscle mass. So that's why you see a lot of like skinny fat runners because a lot of the times they're running a lot and they're burning a lot of calories, but they're not up with their protein. They don't have enough calories and they're not doing resistance training. So they're basically burning through muscle. That's basically it. 
Your body will hold on to fat, guys. It will always go for muscle first unless you have enough protein, enough carbs, enough like resistance training to pair with running. Because what happens is like muscle is super energy expensive. It's like, guys, you know how hard it is to eat a shit ton of protein? Like y'all all know because you like every time you try, you're like, this is hard, right? And same with resistance training. But the thing is, is like fat is something that your body wants to keep on to because it's not very energy expensive. And it also has other benefits that the body needs, right? So the thing is, is that if you have extra muscle mass, that's going to be the first thing to go if you're running a super like a lot all the time, right? So this is why like steady state cardio is great but you don't really want to do more than like 20 to 25 minutes, especially when you're first starting. If you are under 1500 calories, also, you have no business doing cardio. You might as well just go do resistance training, focus on strength for the first three months, get your food up for the first three months, and then focus on fat loss. Because the thing is, is that you're going to notice more changes in your body composition, focusing on strength first and eating more food. Then by losing weight and cutting your calories and going back to the same damn spot you've been in for the last like five years, right? Because right now what you're doing isn't really working, especially if you're listening to this. So make sure that you're increasing your calories, focus on strength, focus on your body composition, and then go back into trying to lose weight again. It's going to be way easier and you're going to see way more progress. Okay, cool. We got two more. 1200 calories to lose weight. Hell no. So guys, 1200 calories was made by some guy who did some stupid like it was some research paper. I don't even know. I can figure it out later and I can find it for you guys later. But some basically some paper, they did it and the guy, like, it was just like, the stats don't even make sense because it wasn't for everybody. It was like a specific body type. It was a specific set of protocols. Like there, it really didn't make any sense, but everyone basically just took it as like, we need to eat 1200 calories in order to lose weight. Okay. And I'll find the, the study later and I'll post it on this podcast just to make sure that you guys have it, but you're just going to read it and be like, what the fuck am I reading? It honestly is so stupid. And the thing is, is like, not that 1200 calories doesn't work guys. But the thing is, is that like some of you ladies have been in 1200 calories for your entire life. Like you started your diet seven years ago and then you've been trying to hit 1200 calories for the last seven years and it hasn't been working and you're just keep trying to do it. And so the thing is, is that like there's a certain point in time where everybody, yeah, you can diet down. You can go to 1200, 1300, 14, 1100 calories for some people. If you're like five foot one and you know a buck 13, like you're going to be pretty low calories unless you have like a crazy high metabolism. And so the thing is, is like understanding that it's not necessarily like bad to eat 1200 calories or 1300 calories or 1100 calories, but we don't want to sit there forever. That's like six to eight weeks where you get like super shredded and then you bump calories back up while maintaining your current physique. Like you get to 1300 calories and you just chill, right? And you're like, wow, I'm like kind of hungry and I can't have anything fun, but I'm in a diet phase. After four weeks, you start moving your calories back up, but you do it slowly in a reverse diet which is basically a diet break where you're reversing calories back up and you're maintaining that leaner physique. It's going to take multiple times of losing weight and then lowering calories, increasing calories, lowering calories, increasing calories. And I see so many people, they like start increasing calories. They're like, oh my God, like when am I going to start cutting? And I'm like, okay, but understand that like you also have to heal your relationship with food because you have been at low calories for so long that you keep thinking that like you can't eat anything. So we need to kind of fix that because if we try and bring, you know, say like, I'm just going to use my name as an example. If I try and bring like 1200 calorie Sam to 1700 calorie Sam, 1700 calorie Sam can eat cupcakes. I can go and have some alcohol. I can go have some takeout and it's going to fit within my calories. 2400 calorie Sam, even better. I can eat pretty much whatever the fuck I want, right? But as if I do not heal my relationship with food, as I go down to 12, 1300 calories, I'm going to feel super restricted. 
Am I super restricted? Yeah. Like I can't eat anything fun because it's broccoli. It's like, you know, it's vegetables, it's fruit. It's like everything nutrient dense. You can pretty much eat with 12 to 1300 calories, but there isn't like a lot of room for extra things. Like if you went out for takeout, you'd get like one takeout meal and that's like your food for the day, right? Which isn't sustainable. So for four weeks, could you do it? Yeah. Would it kind of suck? Yeah, but you could do it. But after four weeks, you need to build those calories back up because you're going to notice that you get food obsessed. You start wondering why you can't have anything. You start noticing your hunger signals are all over the place. You start noticing your periods kind of all over the place for some people, not everybody, right? And all these dieting effects kick in. And this is normal. This is like a survival mechanism from our bodies. Like this is normal, right? But the thing is, is like when you sit there for seven years and then you wonder why you can't keep hitting 1200 calories, it's like no shit because like, Literally everything is working against you to hit 1200 calories. Like you're not supposed to be eating that. Your body naturally is probably going to want to eat anywhere from 16 to 2200 calories a day. And I bet you, if you guys aren't on my program, if you tracked your food every single day and you were eating like 12 to 1300 calories a day on the days that you eat a higher amount or that you're snacking at night, I guarantee you, unless like you had like a really ridiculous party, they are roughly around the same time every single time. So like, it's pretty much like every time you see it, it's like, okay, she hits 1900 calories, 1900 calories, 1900 calories. Guess where your body's trying to get you to hit 1900 calories, right? So it's like understanding like what your body's patterns are also. So if I eat 1200 calories for four days in a row, my body for the next two to three days keeps trying to get me to hit 1900 calories. And when I hit 1900 calories, I find that I'm satisfied and full. See what I'm saying? So it's kind of crazy. The last thing is collagen shouldn't count towards your daily protein amount. 100% true. So this one is a good one. And this one was a really, really fun one that I was glad someone posted. So collagen protein is missing an amino acid called tryptophan. Okay. And if you don't have the complete, all of the amino acids, it is not a complete protein. So however, should you track collagen? Yes. And here's why collagen is not going to be your main source of protein. I don't want you to go around and be like, I'm going to eat collagen and I'm just going to drink it because I can throw it in my shake. No. But one, it is also really good for your hair, your skin, your nails, your body, your gut. It's really, really good for your body. Okay. So like collagen is something that I really adore. Same with glutamine, especially for your gut health. I absolutely love glutamine. I'll probably talk about that again. Absolutely love it. But the thing is, is that it's not a complete protein. And so what that means is that if you were to just eat only collagen, you're not going to find that you gain more muscle, that you do whatever, like it's pretty rare unless you are pairing it with things that also have the other amino acids that it's missing. So that being said, in terms of like a complete diet, if you're eating nutrient dense foods, you have some like maybe some beans, you have some veggies, you have some fruit, you have some whole grains, whatever, you have some dairy products, you have some meat, things like that. The odds of you like eating the other amino acid are pretty high. And so it's fair to add it in, but I wouldn't rely on it. Like if I had one scoop of collagen a day, I would still try and hit that extra 10 to 15 grams of protein on top of that. So like if I hit hundred grams every day, I would aim for 110 just to be sure that I got it in. You know what I mean? It's kind of like with plant protein, you kind of do your best to pair it so that you hit all the amino acids, but you're not always going to hit them. So you want to be mindful of that. And so I don't say rely on it. It's not necessarily a yes or no kind of thing. It's like track it. You can add it in, but understand it's not going to be the basis of which like everything comes upon. And with your collagen also, you're going to find that the protein in that, like I said, is not a complete protein. It's a different type of protein. It doesn't really get absorbed in order to like build muscle and things like that. 
However, again, it just goes towards your daily, like kind of health goal of protein intake. So yes, track it. You can sure count it, but I wouldn't rely on it for like two or three scoops a day. I would definitely be like, Hey, it's like one scoop for like general health. And like, it's a nice bonus on top of the cake. It's like putting candles on the cake. The cake's delicious, but the candles make it kind of fun. That's basically like what I would do with collagen. I wouldn't rely on it because the odds of you seeing the same kind of like muscle growth, muscle progress, fat loss, or like even what's the word like recovery is not going to be the same. So you just want to be mindful of that. Cool. So those are the ones that we have for today. I'll probably do a part two sometime soon, guys. I hope you enjoyed this. If you guys have any questions, comment down below and I hope you have the best freaking day ever. Thank you so much for listening. If you found value in today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you would screenshot and tag Samantha Mills Fitness on Instagram or leave us a review down below. If you'd like to go further in your weight loss journey with us, head over to my Instagram bio and fill out an application to get started. We'll see you in the next episode and I hope you have the best freaking day ever.